was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And we have a very special episode. Listen, I'm tired of paying so much for taxes. Can we just start there? Come on. That's a good place All to right. start. Let's just start there. Let's start there. Um, you don't know what you don't know. This man supposedly, based off of our friendship, was like, I'm going to save you about like 50K of like mm. write-offs and things like that. It was a big statement. It was I may wow. have I may have gotten it wrong or whatever, wow. but he's he's out here being one of the dopest people I've met personally, not just online, but met personally that is making taxes sound se- sexy. I don't Yeah. yeah. I've never yeah, met very- somebody that done that. And that's a boring topic for real. So for very few people can mix in both the creative stuff with the super analytical stuff that's actually needed and make it fun. So today's guest, y'all, is the one and only Carter Cofield. Listen, listen, you hear him in the background already. Let's get into this intro. Let's just get into this intro. Two kids from Queens cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And before we get into this episode, you know, this whole podcast is powered by Ecamm Live, the number one all-in-one streaming platform that allows you to do all the transitions, stream on all the different platforms, have separate audio, separate video, the whole nine, everything that you see with Nikki and Moose is all done by Ecamm Live, and you can get a 14-day trial just by going to www.nikkiandmoose.com slash Ecamm for your 14-day trial, and I said the W's right, so I'm just happy about that. (laughs) All right, let's talk about it. Anyways, let's get into our special, special guest. Uh, He has a t-shirt on. Uh, Carter, how are you? I'm extremely excited to be here. Um, Been a long time coming, and uh, I love you what you're all doing for for us as content creators. And I'm just blessed to be able to try to get some value back to y'all for all the value that y'all give to the people. Let's let's talk about it, Moose. What we doing? Man, let's get this thing started just from the very, very, very beginning, man. It's only right that we, uh, you know, let the people know who you are. So give us a little bit about that backstory. Who is Carter Cofield? Yeah, so Carter Cofield is a kid that uh, grew up on the south side of Chicago. Shout out to all my Chicago people in the building. Um, I grew up on the south side of Chicago in poverty like most people. Um, but, like, for me, poverty was, like, kind of cool. I don't know if y'all understood, like, when you was a kid and you lived with your cousins, like, it's kind of fun when you're in the mix of it, right? It was nine of us in a three-bedroom home, and I didn't. I looked at it as like I get to live with my cousins, but in reality, you know, we were in a really impoverished neighborhood in a really impoverished situation, and I didn't really know how bad it was until I was 14 years old and my mom passed away, right? So I had got brought in that news, and then um, so that was an unfortunate event. And as I'm trying to get through that, um, a year and a half later. Uh, I was called home from school to put the news that my father passed away. 
So now I'm 16 with like no parents. And now I'm starting to see like how bad the financial situation is. Like we're getting behind on bills, you know, water's getting cut off. And then eventually we were living out of a hotel at like by the time I was like almost 17 years old. And I tell that story because um, I, I now own that story, but that story gave me one of the most important lessons of my life because at 16, at 16 years old, I had a choice, right? I could either let the situation uh make me or let the situation break me right and for me uh at that age i was able to like understand that life is serious and i, I need to like take it take control of my life now and looking back on it it was like a blessing in disguise because i grew up at 16 meaning i started taking life seriously started taking myself seriously started to help take care of my family at 16 years old most people don't grow up to the 21 so the way i look at it as i had a five-year head start on my peers when it comes to like um, you know, building relationships, education, taking life seriously and, and, and working. And, um, you know, fast forward, I put myself through college. I uh, got a master's degree in accounting. And the only reason I majored in accounting, this is actually a funny story, is because um, I graduated during the recession. And I remember everybody's been laid off work. Gas is like extremely high, almost high, almost high as it is right now. Um, and I remember Googling like what job has the lowest unemployment rate? Because I didn't have a fallback plan. So my what job, like what what career, what profession can I go into? Where I know no matter if there's a recession, a depression, I'm always gonna have a place of employment. And CPA was number one on that list. So I literally pursued my career based off of just not having a backup plan. So um, I started working in public accounting, worked at one of the biggest, largest firms in the world, and uh, it's been it's been history since then. Mm. Sheesh. All right. All right. That's the story, right? Oh, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even know. Okay. I love it. Woo. Wow. Um, okay. So let, let me get into my bag real quick because uh, how, how did you make taxes so sexy? Like, I don't think I've ever shared so much financial, boring information ever in my life until I started following you. So uh, for those who don't know, he like shares the best like write-offs, how to travel for free, how to get cars and all this great stuff that I didn't even think I needed. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, all of a sudden I want a G-Wagon for no reason. Right. <laughs> um, but as you like figured out, okay, I'm going to be CPA and everything like that. Like, how did you figure out a really dope way to brand yourself in the way that you have right now? Well, yeah, so it actually started out, so when I was working, right, I, I knew I didn't want to be there for that long of a time just because it was it was extremely boring. So I started, like, doing a side business where I would go into, like, Black-owned businesses and, like, offer my services for free. Like, I'll help you, like, with your accounting and with your taxes. And one thing I saw, Nikki, is, like, yo, like, they didn't know what was going on. Like they knew how right. to like do what they do as a business owner. But when it came to the finances, accounting and taxes of their business, not only did they not know what they're doing, they just completely ignored it. Like, like it, it, this is going to figure itself out. So um, I knew there was a need for my help. So I started doing that. And eventually I was able to transition out of my job and start doing that full time. But my biggest lesson was like, all right, my, our people don't know this. They need to know it. How can you teach it in a way that makes it relatable and also makes it fun, right? So I had to find ways to creatively teach tax saving strategies 
so that people can want to listen and want to implement them in their life. Because people need to know this one thing that the average person pays 51 percent of their income in taxes. 50. Mm. So think about this. Mm. When you go to work, January through June, you're working for the IRS because they get their money first. Right. Right. And then July through December, you're working for yourself. Right. And so I, us as the people, we need to know like, how much more generational wealth could we have if we got to keep that other 50 percent. So mm. I started teaching and, and, and here we are. Hmm. <laughs> Hold on. That just needs air horns. Sorry, Moose. <laughs> Dang. Dang, I uh, I've never heard of that stat, by the way. Fifty-one percent. My goodness, that that no, that makes me think differently. Like, uh, uh, IRS, I want my money back. Okay, yeah, yeah. Talk about <laughs> it. Y'all need to give me some Sheesh. money back for real. Wow, no, but that that that's very interesting, man. I'm actually just listening, and and you know, I think the first question that pops up to my head is, why is it that this information? isn't spoken about publicly? I mean, before, of course, let's say the internet and all that stuff. I don't think it was, I don't even think my parents knew about it. I, stretching back generations, I don't know that this information was pub, public knowledge, but why? Like, why do you think that was not made public? Yeah, yeah, so it was crazy. So when I was working at the, at, at the big accounting firm, right, like I would sit with, uh, you know, our ca- Caucasian business owners and like our super wealthy people, and they, they know this. Not only do they know this, but they're teaching this to their kids at the dinner table. They have family, they have a family professionals like lawyers accountants that teach their kids this information so it's known it's just not known by us right mm. and um the best analogy i can say is you know people come to me all the time asking that same question hey man why don't they teach us this in schools why don't they teach us this early and um my homie uh wall street trapper gave the amazing amazing analogy he said man we need to stop asking the question why don't they teach us this and start asking the question why would they right and his analogy was if a lion is the king of the jungle, it would never tell a gazelle or a water buffalo how to get away. Because if he did, what would he feed off of? So when it comes to the financial industry and the financial lions, Wall Street, um, Rockefellers, all the super wealthy people, if we're their prey, the minorities that are the people that are financially illiterate, if we're their prey, why would they teach us this information in schools, like how to save more taxes, how to start investing, how to start your own business. So they they might not teach us, but they can't stop us from learning. So that's why I made my job and my platform's job to educate the masses on, um, especially with taxes, because in my opinion, the easiest way to make more money is to pay less taxes. Mm. <laughs> sorry, 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 Moose. And I think the air horns wow. may come back. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Sheesh. Okay. All right. Wait, Moose, is it your question? My question? I don't even know no, where it's, it's so mine. I'll go a little bit deeper because I think people didn't know this. So the first thing, especially the black culture, like we're black and brown culture. Right? We're, we're taught when it comes to taxes to just pay and look away. Like did y'all parents t- t- teach y'all that? Like, yo, the IRS is pay them people and keep it moving. Facts. Right. Mm. Um, but in, in all reality, the tax code is nothing to be scared of. The tax code is nothing more than an incentive system, right? It's a series of incentives created by the government. So what they say is, hey, you know what, Nikki, if you do these things, we'll give you a few tax breaks. Moose, if you do a lot of these things, we'll give you a lot of tax breaks. But hey, Nikki Moose, if you do all of these things, 
we'll even let you live tax-free. But the mm. problem is most people don't know what the IRS wants them to do. So it's impossible to win a game that you don't know the rules at. So my job is to help teach people the rules. Wow. Okay. All right. Yep. Yes, people, we're going to give you his information at the end. I already hear it in my <laughs> ear. Like, no, just just give me his. I don't even want to hear the rest of this. No. First <laughs> off, you're going to hear the rest of this. Second, yes, we're going to give his information out. I promise you. Okay. So let me, once again, get back in my bag. So how in, in your head, right, what is your creative process when it comes to all to this boring information, but now putting it on social media that it attracts the people you would track? Like you drop some of the best looking content, not for one, two, um, I don't see anybody or maybe because I just don't follow them because it's a boring topic, but I don't. <laughs> I don't see nobody else dropping as much content in the information that you do ever. Like, I don't see that. So talk to us about your creative process of, of turning this tax information, the CPA world into content that is consumable and shareable for the masses. Yeah. So first and foremost, it started when I was at my employer. So I don't know if I've ever told this story online before, but you know, working in accounting is like really traditional. So there's a you know a slight bit of racism there. And I remember I bought a Dodge Challenger, right? It was my it was like I've saved for it's my car, my dreams. I bought a Dodge Challenger and I drove it to work one day. We had to park at the client site, right? And the my senior came up to me and was like, hey, you know, that's a nice car, man. That's yours. I was like, yeah. He was like, um well like, it's not really a good look for you to have a better car than the partner. So would you mind parking a, a few blocks down and then walking into the office? And then I was like, excuse me? Like, you know, because like, taxes is such a traditional and boring, like, profession and lane. So my, my, my creative process was if I'm going to teach this, I'm going to put my own spin on this. If I'm going to teach this, I'll put my own personality on this. If I'm going to teach this, I'm going to put my own swag on this. I refuse to be the person that has a suit on talking about this boring subject. So we asked about my, my creative process. It started there. I, I put, stuck my foot in the sand and said, if I'm going to teach this topic, Carter, how are you going to teach this in your way with your personality, your swag, do exactly what the industry taught you not to do and, and, and just go out and teach the people who you know you, you resonate with. So it started there, but I think it started to build up was that if I can show people, not just teach people, if I can show them what I'm teaching them while I'm teaching them, it'll attract more attention and it'll make it more personable. So Nikki, to your point, when I'm teaching people, how to write off their vacations, you see me doing it. So then it attracts it attracts you to the post because it's you're in a different country, you're in a different place, but I'm also showing you that I practice everything that I preach. So I think to your point, um, it's working pretty well because I'm living through the content and I'm putting my consumer first rather than just thinking what, you know, that teaching alone is gonna be enough. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Ooh, go travel the, more, the, but we'll get I into know, that right? later. It's, We're gonna get into that later. <laughs> there, there's a there's a lot of talk about getting to a consumer's pain points or their desire, right? Like when you talk about not only am I showing you, but I'm actually doing it myself. What's your process for figuring out 
what the people want so that you can prioritize that in your content and what you're putting out? Yeah. Um, and, I, and for me, I think it's important to care. Right. Nick, you talk about this a lot. Like, if you actually care about the people you're providing content for, it makes it a lot easier to provide content. So one of the ways I find out what they want is I simply ask. Right. I'll ask in my stories. I'll ask in my DMs. Or I'll respond to comments or I'll have my team write out every comment and question on the documents. When it comes to getting my creation back, I was up this long list of questions that people have. And I kind of like pick and, and, and create content from there. Um, and also, I think it's just. Like, because here's when it comes to taxes, I'm not, I don't want people to think they need to spend money that they aren't already spending in order to save money on taxes. I want to show you how you can do exactly what you're doing, but just uh, change the facts a little and make it tax deductible. So one of my favorite quotes is that if you want to pay less tax, simply change the facts. Right. So when it came to like talking, even having my first conversation with Nikki, I'm like looking at all this equipment that she has in her room, this, these chairs, this podcast equipment. I'm like, yo, like, I, I hope you're expensing this stuff in your business because you're already paying for this. Just, it's, it's a business expense, so just get your business to pay for it. If your business pays for it, the IRS gives you tax deductions and we can obviously dive deeper in that. But I try to find like, what are you already doing that the IRS could be paying for, you know? Hmm. All right, let's, okay, okay, let's get, let's get to it. Cause you're already, you're talking too much about it. So I gotta get into it. I gotta get into it. All right, let's start with mistakes first and foremost. Let's, let's, let's get those out of the way. What are, let's say two to three biggest mistakes, biggest mistakes that content creators slash personal brands are making when it comes to write-offs, when it comes to starting off their business, however you want to go about this, right? Two, three mistakes they're making right now. Yeah, I think the, the, the first mistake and the most common mistake I see, especially with content creators, like they don't think that they're a business, right? So they just like go out there and just like start creating content, start like, you know, making money, but they, they think they're just like a freelancer. Like I'm kind of doing this thing, like, no, you're a business. The moment you start putting yourself out there and you start exchanging your services for, for money, you're a business. So what that means is you need to incorporate yourself, right? Get, get, get your documentation, right? So start the LLC. And if everybody, if anybody's asking what's as a content creator, what's the best entity for me to start at? It's an LLC. Start your LLC, get your EIN number and open a business bank account. That's like the big three. LLC, EIN, business bank account. Because like, if you get that done, you're ahead of most people. Um, so that's the biggest mistake I, I see people make. They don't have those three things in place. Now, mistake number two is now that you have this business bank account, you need to start treating it as such. So you need to start all the money that comes to your business. You need to start letting it come into your business bank account, not your personal account, because now you're mixing your personal money with the business money. And this gets real messy. You don't know how anything's working. Right. So. You have the money coming to your business account, but more importantly, you need to have all of your expenses coming out of that business account. And the biggest mistake that starting out uh, content creators make is that they don't understand how many personal expenses become business expenses the moment they start their business. So, for example, your cell phone, right? Like I have Verizon. My cell phone is like 170. My cell phone bill was like 175. Like. And most people are paying that personally because that's a personal expense. But the moment right. you start the business and you start calling your clients, you start creating content on your cell phone, right? That cell phone now becomes 
a business expense. So now you can start writing off a portion of your cell phone and your cell phone bill. So I think of the big mistake is that content creators don't understand that piece of how many other expenses, again, things they're already paying for that should be coming out their business. And, and, and then when expenses come out your business, they lower your income and your lower your income, lowers your taxes. Hmm. That's good. When, when, did, when did you know you had something? You know, because again, you, you're doing taxes in a very, say, creative, friendly, modern way, right? When did you know that there was a market, a demand for this? When did you say, okay, hold up. I think I could get up out of this corporate space and really go all in on this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. So I think um, when you know how you so like um, you know how you like you you all as content creators, right? You might you might bring up a CapCut or a, a software that you use all the time, and people are like what you say like I, I, don't, I never heard of that. So once when you're so entrenched in what you know, you forget how much other people don't know about it, right? Mm. So once I started asking some basic questions like, you know, uh, do you have an LLC? Like, do you, are you writing off your, you know, your, 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 your cell phone? Are you writing off your, um, Apple watch? Are you writing, you know, stuff that I thought was intuitive nature. People were like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. So I was like, okay, one, I know more than I think I know. But the second piece when I really know I can get away with it or really go all in is like when entrepreneurship became cool, like, when COVID happened, it kind of made entrepreneurship like, yo, like this has to work or it has to work. So when entrepreneurship became cool and everybody started becoming entrepreneurs, I knew I had a unique opportunity because the tax code is made to, is created to benefit entrepreneurs and investors. And people don't know that the tax code is, if you're W-2, the tax code is not made for you. The tax code is made to benefit entrepreneurs and investors because as an entrepreneur, every job that you create is one job that the government doesn't have to, have to create. Right. Every job that you create is one less person that, that's on unemployment, one less, one less person on welfare. So due to that fact, the IRS will let you deduct or write off a lot of things that you wouldn't normally do. So for me, I'm like, OK, now the entrepreneurship is cool. Now that especially in black culture, everybody's becoming an entrepreneur and everybody wants to make the bag. I'm like, bet, let's make the bag. But let's also keep the bag. So that's when I started really like teaching a lot online and like. How fun is it to know that you can live your best life and get the IRS to help pay for it, right? So mm. I, started, I started pushing that narrative. It started to resonate with people. Hmm. Hold on. Hold on. Just stay right there. Because he said living your best life. And this man <laughs> travels. I, I forgot. When we first originally asked him to come on, he was like, oh, I would love to. Uh, when I get back home, I'm in like... I don't know, Greece or some some place overseas mm. that I didn't know where he was but without his shirt on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so hold on. So let's you, you hinted it earlier. You just hinted it now. Let's talk about what how do we travel as content creators, as brands? How do we travel correctly with all these tax write offs and things like that? Because I want to create content let's say i don't know uh dominican republic i want to i want to create content over there can i without worrying about the taxes hitting me over my head like do i gotta pay them back with that what what, what are we talking about Talk, tell us the secrets 
I, I, I love that you said this. I was actually in Budapest um, when you hit me, but yeah, I take. We don't even one. know where that is. We don't. We don't know where that is. That's how much you're traveling. We don't even know where that is. You go to the places we don't even know. My first time going there, I was literally in a place and I had no idea on the map where I was at because I was just like, yeah, that sounds good, like you know. But anyway, um, I think as content creators, you all have such a hack and such a green light. Um, that is, it's just marvelous to me because your content is your proof of work. So what do I mean by that? So when you're taking a trip, as long as you can find business activity or, or business use in the place that you're traveling to, that trip is no longer a personal trip. That trip is now a business trip. So if you say, if, so like if you had, if you say you want to go to London and because you want to shoot, uh, content in in front of some of the most um, uh, um, tour, you know, some of the most traditional uh, buildings in London, and you want to make a YouTube video about that, or you want to make a reel about that. As long as you can prove that that video has the potentiality to make you money, that means that that trip is a, is a business trip. So, in my example, say you want to go to London and do a vlog about top five things to do in London. You can go to London, do that vlog, and as long as you record at least four hours a day or you find um, or you have a business meeting that day or have a business meal that day, as long as you find business activity each day of the trip, not only is the flight there and flight back home tax deductible, the lodging, the Airbnb is tax deductible as well and any business meals that you all have. So if y'all want to travel together, Nikki and Moose, any business meal, as long as y'all talk about the podcast over dinner, that's tax deductible as well. And when it comes to your proof and documentation, your vlog is the proof. So you like literally have the, the video proving that you are out there doing work. So as a content creator, you literally can travel anywhere in the world. And get the get your business to pay for it. Get to see, get to, get to travel the world, see the world, have fun, and get the IRS to help fund some of the trip by in, in the form of tax deductions. Mm. I told you this was going to be a different episode. Told you, <laughs> told you. Wow, wow. Uh, I, yeah, I guess I'm going to be eating for free when we go to podcast. Talk movement. about That's, it. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of podcast <laughs> stuff. Nikki, get ready. And here's the fun part. Like when I say, like if you want to pay less tax, just change the facts. Like Literally, you can change the facts of any situation before you do it to make it a tax deductible expense. It's like, so when I'm traveling somewhere, the first thing I want to see is, is there a conference there that I can go to to make it a business activity? If it's not a conference, I'm going to go to eventbrite.com to see if there's a meetup or a networking event around uh, brand, around uh, content creation or around accounting or around finance. Like I'm trying to find any excuse that I can go to that place and have legit business activity so like if you sit down for a second and just plan out before you make a move it's not about is it tax deductible the question is how can i make it tax deductible by building a better plan around it hmm. that's a bar a lot of, yeah a lot of a lot of tips to the trade for these entrepreneurs who are listening man i want to i want to talk about your business for a second and not like your personal business but i'm talking about like the the actual business right because I can imagine that one of the differences between working at a corporate company or a corporation where the offers, the services that you make available to your customers, they're already laid out for you. You're just following through on the work. They're doing the heavy lifting, which is acquiring the clients. But 
I want you to talk about when you now started your own thing online and, and almost started your own company, if you will. What did you have to start thinking about to say, okay, how do I create my own offers and services and make those internet friendly so that they can give me a business that I can function in, right? What, what was that like for you coming from a traditional model like you mentioned? Great question. It was a great question. So, and I think here's a learning lesson for most people, right? Because most people start a business. They start a business and then build their lifestyle around their business. I knew what lifestyle I wanted and I decided to build my business around my lifestyle. So going into a corporate job every day gave me anxiety. Going into an office every day almost gave me hives, right? So I made a statement that when I start my business, when I start my firm, it's going to be 100% virtual because I don't ever want to have to step foot in anybody's office ever again. So for me, it was coming with the intentionality and saying, hey, I'm a, I know what lifestyle I want. I know I want to travel. I know I want to own my time. I don't, I don't, I don't want to commute. So let me build my business around that lifestyle that I want. I think if more people did take the time to do that, they'll start loving their business more versus resenting it. So that was step number one for me. Step number two was just like, all right, I want to work with people that I want to work with. So like, I only want to work with people that I care about, that make me happy, that like I want to service. And that allowed me to be myself in my business. So I knew what services I wanted to offer. I knew how I wanted to offer it. I knew how I wanted to show up in my business. And that gave me the freedom and grace to um, allow the universe to bring me the clients who I resonate with, right? So when I put out this content, I'm resonating with a lot of lifestyle entrepreneurs. I resonate with a lot of content creators. I resonate with resonate with a lot of of of, of, of business owners that want to have a business, but also want to have a life as well as have a business. So I think that those three things coupled together really allowed me to find my niche and build content that serves my niche uh, in a way that they need to be served. Okay. All right. There you go. Um, <laughs> basis. Oh my God. Sure. A lot of us are starting backwards. I'll say that. That's uh, that's that's different. Facts. Um. Actually, I got a, I got a funny question to ask. Uh, can you talk about your um, your email strategy and how you release products? Because I promise you, I get an email every single day from you, right? Hmm. Uh, how this happened was, uh, to give a backstory, he was on live, he was selling, uh, one of his courses, I bought it. And ever since then, I've been getting like an email, probably two emails every single day that makes me question my life if I need something else. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm actually his friend. Like, I, I don't know if I need anything else, but his his emails are talking to me like we talk and I may need something else. And it wasn't even the original reason why I bought it. So uh, can you talk about that whole process of I'm releasing something? Here's how I market it. Yeah. And I think that, man, like it's funny because a lot of people don't market their business properly. And like people need to understand it's not the best that that makes the most money or gets the most recognition is the most well-known. So you have to be omnipresent with your, uh, with your customers, with your market. So for me, um, one, I don't write my own emails. I have an e amazing email marketer that, that handles that for me. But at first I was, and I think that people need to understand that, um, you, 
you can't successfully launch something if you don't build proper awareness. So I'll, I'll give you my first story. It's like when I first COVID happened, you know, I have had my accounting firm and everything was fine. And then my friend told me, like, hey, man, you need to make a course. And I'm like, dude, I don't need to make a course. I'm not. And I actually looked down the course creators. I was like, I'm a, I'm an actual expert. I'm a licensed CPA. And I want these people on the Internet like to sell information like I do this for real. And then he was like, bro, like, how selfish can you be like? It's not about you. It's about the people that you can serve, the people that you can touch that might not be able to afford to work with you one on one. So that really helped shift my my mindset. So I made a course. It's been like, yo, Nikki, I thought I spent like probably like three, four months making this course. Right. Mm. Dropped it. Nobody cared. Right. Like not, I made one sale like and then like that was it. And I was. Yeah. I was so upset because like, I put all this time and effort into it and nobody bought it. But two things I had to sit and reflect on. And um, like Steve Harvey said in InvestFest, every bad thing that happens to you has a lesson in it and it has a blessing in it. And the lesson was, like, yo, I didn't one, ask my audience what they wanted. And mm. two, I didn't, one, I didn't even ask what they wanted. And two, I didn't even let them know what I was creating, let them in on the process and the market and the, the awareness and the launch. So that strategy taught me to always ask my audience what they want. Cause once you ask your audience what you want, you put it in the course and they buy it. They're like, Oh my God, how did you know? What, how did you know this is what I needed? Because you, 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 you kind of told me, right. You forgot that you told me that post that I made six weeks ago, asking what you needed. So that's number one. And then two, you have to build awareness for any launch. Like Nikki. So how many pairs of Jordans do you own? If you, do you know? A uh, little bit over 200. Jesus. First of all. Okay. <laughs> That's what a Foot Locker has. Like at any point in time. Like, uh, <laughs> but the reason that you have or own 200 pairs of Jordans is because Jordan never releases any pair of Jordans without giving you a heads up that it's coming out or building some type of awareness or having some type of, some type of campaign, some type of sweet stakes. Now you have to like get a ticket to even get to the store to buy it. So when it comes to launching, you need to have a launch strategy that builds awareness to the people that you're marketing to. And then when you launch it, they're as excited as you are to sell it as they are to purchase it. So that's kind of how I look at when it comes to like marketing campaigning for different uh, uh, digital products that I create. Hope y'all took notes. That's good. That's good. That's good. Now, I, I want you to expand on that, but because, uh, you know, you mentioned this idea of you are an expert, but at the end of the day, we're selling information online for the most part, which is different than a physical product. What would you say to you know those uh, say up and coming entrepreneurs who are a little bit uncomfortable about getting or putting a value on the information that they're putting out there for the exchange, right? It's like, uh, I don't know, it's not a thing. It's not an actual, you know, like it's not a pen that I'm giving you where we know the value of that. It's, it's just information. What, what would you say about, you know, evaluating the value of information. So here's what I'll tell those people. Um, society has taught us to go to college and college costs about 25 to $30,000 a year for four years to go learn from somebody who is either not doing what we want to do or not, is not the person that we want to become. Right. But so we've been, we've been taught to do that. And so when you're going to leave college with a whole bunch of debt and have to spend your life paying it off. And two, the expense for college is not tax deductible. You can't deduct tuition expense, mm. right? So, or 
I can go find somebody like you, like, like, like you all, who's doing what I want to do, who's being who I want to be, and I can go purchase their course of their product for $25, $500, $1,000. I can go get the information and become the person I want to become at a fraction of the cost. And then I can go live the life that I want to live. And when it comes to education, education, if you're a business owner, if I go buy somebody's course, that course is tax deductible for me as long as it helps me either become a better expert or make money in my business. So I think that I would tell those experts like, yo, it's not it's not about you. Like, what about the kid that wants to learn how to make content? You gonna make him go to college for four years to go learn from somebody who's not a content creator because you don't want to take the time to teach that kid how to be you or how to know what you know or how to do what you do. So I think it comes from a place of selflessness and understanding like, yo, we are all geniuses in our respective right. We are selling the world short if we don't pass the information that we have down to others in the way that they can get it easily and efficiently. I hope that was mm. I hope that makes sense. No, you, you you got it when you said teach them how to be you. I don't think I don't think I've ever heard that. That's that's different, you know, because I think when you think of information, it's you, you make it something bigger than what it is. But it's oh, I'm just sharing part of my process, my experience, my knowledge as, as to what makes me me. You know, like that, that that's definitely that's a good word. There's no new information out there. Right. The information is on the Internet for everybody, but nobody can distill it the way you can. Like nobody mm -hmm. put that moose sauce on, on the information. Nobody put that Nikki sauce on the information. And some people need that sauce because that's the only way they can they can comprehend it. Like the reason why uh shout out to Trap. The reason why Trap is so successful when it comes to teaching and investing, because he teaches it in the way that the streets can understand it. Right. So so many people that thought they were stupid when it came to investing, they're not stupid. They just couldn't understand it in a way that resonated with them. So it's up to us to give our information in a way that can resonate with our people, because I believe that God put us on this planet to touch, to touch certain people. And it's our job to find those people and touch them the way we need to. It deserves air horns. <laughs> deserves. Sorry, it does. Okay. Uh, let me get back into these write-offs because I want to know what I can write off. Okay. Before we get out of here, I want to know, um, give me five things Content creators don't know that they could write off. Like you, you mentioned a few. So if you want to repeat them, I'm cool with that. But give me five things that content creators and personal brands don't know that they could write off. Got you. So I'm gonna give you more than five because I'm, I'm here to rock. Oh, talk so, about it. I'm here for it. So mm -hmm. first thing that everybody needs to know is when it comes to write offs, the the tax code says you can write off any expense that is ordinary and necessary for you to operate your business. Say that one more time. You can, you can write off any expense that's ordinary and necessary for you to operate your business. Now that is, that's a, that's a pretty vague definition. So it's kind of up to you to make that expense ordinary and necessary for your business because it leaves us a lot of room. So when a content creator, if you go buy a camera, Obviously, you need that for your business. So that's ordinary and necessary for operation business. That's that's an easy one. Right. But like you can also buy a drone. Right. And as long as you can use that drone to shoot content and, 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 and help you become a better content creator, you can write that drone off on your taxes as well. Uh, another one that most people don't know uh, is your Apple Watch, because 
you can check email and check your schedule and respond to text messages on your Apple Watch. Your Apple Watch is deductible as well. So it's really about like, how can I make this expense um, deductible in my business? So another fun one for content creators is that if you have, because content creators have brand partnerships, right? Yep. So Nikki, if you just so happen to have a brand partnership with Jordan, right? Anytime you buy a pair of Jordans, you will be able to deduct that on your taxes because that would be a marketing expense to your business because now you're repping a brand that endorses you. So every time you wear a pair of Jordans, it's a chance that somebody will click the link in your bio to go buy to go to the Jordan store, and that is a way for it to make you money. So the content creator, if I'm you, I'm like, how can I get a brand deal with some of my favorite brands that I'm going to wear anyway? That way. When I wear their clothing, when I wear the, uh, their products, it's a marketing expense for me because I'm marketing a brand that pays me. So, mm. so it's, it's really Jordan, about- call me. Jordan, <laughs> call me. I'm telling you. Uh, that's, you know, again, like, that's why it's so dope being a content creator because, like, you have no ceilings when it comes to, like, like uh, tax deductions because the IRS tax code was not, like, prepared for this wave of new entrepreneurship and this wave of, of content creation. So now it's getting very, very easy to deduct things that the IRS normally wouldn't see as deductible. So like, for instance, you can write off clothes as long as that the clothing has your logo visibly stitched or pressed on the garment. So like I'm wearing my melanin money hat and I, I own this brand. So Anytime I buy something from our store, it's tax deductible expense because I own some of the company, right? So if you go buy a hoodie, just go stick your logo on it. And now the not only is the hoodie tax deductible, but the logo stitching cost is tax deductible. And every time you take that 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 hoodie to the cleaners, it's tax deductible as well. I, I, I know there's a lot of buzz and it got a little publicity, but not much. And I, and, and I definitely want you to add your creative spin uh, on this as well, but this concept or this 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 headline that the IRS hired eighty thousand new, you know, employees or whatnot. How do you think that will affect content creators, small business owners, black and brown people alike? Should we worry about that? Do we not care? Like, what does that mean for us as we prep for next year's taxes? Yeah, so it's crazy. So when the news first came out. They're like, hey, we're hiring 87,000 IRS agents. Well, first of all, they're hiring all these IRS agents because they fired them all during COVID. So, like, that's first and foremost. So, they're hiring a lot, a lot more back because they're understaffed. And when they came out with this, they said they first said that they're going to be targeting high net worth people. So, making, you know, anybody with a W-2 over 400,000 or any business owners in the millions. Then they came back and said, well, actually, we're going to focus some of our attention as well on entrepreneurs making less than 200k so that's when like i was like okay they're actually targeting um starting out entrepreneurs as well and all that i would say you need to worry about is like as long as you have your stuff in order as long as you have your documents in order you have a bookkeeping software you're tracking your expenses you're tracking your income you have nothing to worry about the only people that have something to worry about is those people that are running their businesses like it's a side business, like, you know, having all that money coming in and out of their personal account, accepting cash, using cash app for transactions. Like if you're running your business 
like it's a by the way thing, then yes, this is this is a like a something you should definitely worry about. But if you're doing what you need to do as a business owner to make sure your business is properly set up properly financially, you're fine. So for anybody that doesn't have their stuff together, like this is the time to get you there. This is like the red alert that, hey, if you don't have that business bank account, get it now. If you don't have a bookkeeping software, I would, I would get that now. And uh, if you don't have your LLC established, I would do that now. And so for me, I think it's a wake up call that business owners needed to hear anyway. Hmm. Okay. Shoot, I didn't even know that. There you go. Um, before we re-roll, I need to know three books that you recommend people from a branding or business or both uh, side of things. What has really impacted you? Three books. Okay. So book number one is The 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Uh, amazing book on just how to just be more efficient as a business owner. So like, I know content creation is not easy. The editing, all that stuff takes a lot of time. So that book is just teaches any type of entrepreneur how to work less and make more. Um, book number two is um, called uh, Who Not How. And it's a book that teaches entrepreneurs how to focus on what they need to be doing, right? So instead of asking, how do I get this done? Who needs to be doing this so I can spend most of my time in my creative zone of genius, right? And then the third book would have to be hmm, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Um, I believe that relationships are your greatest resource. So if you, if you really learn how to nurture, cultivate, and magnify relationships, you'll never have to worry about money or like access ever again in your life. Kind of like, you know, with Nikki, what you did with ET, like you just kind of built the relationship served and that relationship is still serving you to this day. That works. That works. Mm. Man, I don't have any more questions, bro. I'm going to just say you helped me. Shoot, you helped me on this episode. This was fire, man. Uh, just, just like, just as I'm recapping, shoot, teach people how to be like you. I feel like that's the, just a it's like it's so obvious, but I don't think that I, I personally have ever thought about it that way. And of course, uh, change the facts. So I'm about to be changing a whole lot of facts next year uh, to make this thing line up a little bit differently. So, nah, <laughs> man, we appreciate you. This was good. This was good. Listen, and and I'm gonna say, uh, I first off, me and you've been going back and forth of when you were coming here for a while. So mm -hmm. I'm just happy that you were able to bless the audience with all these different facts and things like that. And people uh, get to hear and see you on our platform. Sorry, ladies, he has a shirt, but it's okay. It's all right. Um, so this is our way of giving flowers because you've been killing it from the content side, the branding side and things like that. And this is our way of showing you that we appreciate you from that side of things. Cause people are going to talk about what you do, with with the CPA life, I'm going to talk about yo. You've been killing it with really making yourself look a uh, look like the top expert, and that you are the go-to in your industry. So I just want to give you your flowers on that. But tell the people uh, what you offering. We we are sold. Like what? Mm -hmm. Take my money now. I want. I don't want no problems with no IRS. I want to travel for free. I want to do all these things. Tell the people what you what you got and how do they get with you? Um, for sure. So I 
what I did, especially for like starting out entrepreneurs and content creators, I was like, I want to make taxes simple. I want to make taxes easy. So I created a tax-free living ebook. And this ebook just has a listed out of 200 plus tax deductions that you're allowed to take in your business. So you literally can buy this ebook and like it's, a, it's an ebook. So you can hit control F and type in with anything that you think is deductible and it has an alphabetical order. So you now can know, is it deductible? Yes or no. And if it is, how to properly deduct it. So I think that'd be best for like your, your audience, your content creators. They can just have this one document, keep it on their phone and say, hey, can I write that camera off? Yeah. Can I write that off? You know, so it's, it's, it's a list of 200 plus things and it, it'll save them over $20,000 in taxes. So um, they can go to uh, taxfreelivingbook.com or I can give you the URL so you can put in the show notes. But um, yeah, taxfreelivingbook.com. And I'll give everybody who buys through your link 70% off um, because y'all my people. All right. All right. All right, people. And put that in the show notes and descriptions and all the other places. Isaiah will probably put it on on the screen and every day, everything like that. Now, uh, normally we get moves to uh, close out with final words, but you are the guest. And so if you can do the honors of one, telling people where they can follow you and two, the final words of the day. Okay, you can follow, follow me at all social media platforms at uh, Cofield underscore advisor, um, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Um, uh, that's Cofield underscore advisor. And the final words of the day, I think so many people would be more successful if they just started. And one of my favorite quotes is that you don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. So any content creators out there or people that want to start the business, like, you don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to one day be great. So get started today. <laughs>